Hello, everybody. Welcome to our new episode of Female Gentle Leaders podcast. I'm your host. My name is Pauli, and I'm a business architect and mentor. And here with me today is Paige Frizon. She's a subconscious health practitioner and a professional writer. And not only we share a big amount of anxiety experience in our entire lives, and that really connects us on deep levels, but we are also co-authors and we read our chapters and we saw how much we have in common, even if we are living in the opposite sides of the world, even if we never hugged each other, each other, but we still share quite a lot. And we would love to share it with you because anxieties is something that we, or most of us struggle, even if it's once in a lifetime for five minutes, or if it's for years and years, we sometimes feel that strange and really freezing feeling in our bodies of fear and anything like that. Like that. Uh, and for us, when we were even writing this book, even sometimes when we just talk about anxieties, it often triggers them again. And that's why I feel that anxieties aren't a topic we talk about so much it's not easy to talk about it I still remember my first life when I said that I struggle with anxieties for 20 years and I felt the anxiety in that right moment when I just expressed myself so Paige I'm so happy you're here and who is listening to us comments ask us whatever you need we are here not just only to share, but to support you. So, Paige, could you tell us more about what does it even mean that you are a subconscious health practitioner? I, I think I will like break my tongue on that, but it's a really nice name. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You are such a bright light and this is such an important topic. So I'm really glad to chat about this today. I am a subconscious health practitioner. So similarly, for people who go see doctors in the Western world, you know, I consider those medical healthcare professionals, healthcare practitioners. And oftentimes in the Western system, people go to treat symptoms. That's the system in nature. And I do a little bit of the opposite or an inversion of that where I help treat the subconscious, right? So versus the conscious mind, which is 5% of the brain, I might go into a doctor and say, hey, I'm struggling with this or that, or my knee hurts, or I have a headache, or I have chronic stomach problems or whatever. And I'm reporting that which I know. But subconsciously, I help people understand that which they can't consciously access. So subconsciously, we operate 95% of our brain in ways that show up in our body and our thoughts and our feelings without even knowing why they're there or where they come from. So I help people heal on a cellular level by accessing the memories and the emotions that are living subconsciously under the surface that trigger present day stress. And so I serve people struggling with depression, anxiety, trauma, and addiction heal on a sustainable level by upgrading the experiences that they've had in the past 
to get them to operating in a present way so they can design the life that they desire. I feel that the, that the worst part maybe, or one of the not so nice parts are that they there are really many symptoms on the outside that are caused by the subconscious. And we feel like we are broken, that we are not okay. And we are always sick, always something. And yeah, uh, there is just one part that we can cure. And if, if the subconscious just brings it up again and again, it's just a circle that we can, can't get out of it. I, I had it myself. I thought I'm so sick all the time. There's something wrong with me. I have some disease. Of course, I have nothing. Luckily, I'm quite healthy. <laughs> but the anxieties created all of that. And the subconscious before that, the anxieties are a symptom too, right? So what do you feel was for you the moment when you felt this is my mission? This is what I do. What led you to it? I love this question. I have had so many transformational inductions or spiritual awakenings or moments throughout my life that have changed the game for me. I would say that I was in one of my darkest places when I discovered subconscious healing and I wasn't ready. I saw the glimpse of how it could help me and I said no. That's how committed I was to surviving. That's how hijacked I was by the subconscious and the anxiety and depression and eating disorder and everything else that I was needing at that time to help me survive. And I didn't know how to release that because these parts of me had worked so hard on my behalf to protect me that I didn't know how life could be any different. And it's really scary. And I call those growing pains. And I really like helping people for this reason, transition from the dark and the coping skills that they've adopted, because I think those are brilliant. We're not here to shame them or blame them or hate them for existing, even though that's what the mind wants to do. And so I love how you talk about the mind's relationship to anxiety, how the mind, the conscious mind really wants to analyze and make sense of what's going on. And so sometimes the only way it can do that with anxiety is to think we're broken or wrong or crazy or bad. Even if that story doesn't feel good, it's the only thing that we have control over in that moment. And for something like anxiety that feels constantly out of control, control is the one thing that it wants, even if it's a false sense of control. So for me, the game changer was a series of things, which, you know, I'd love to chat about more. And I know that we will, because that's essentially what this chapter is about that we'll be chatting about. But I actually took myself off of all of my prescription medication, like four and a half years ago. And I always say, don't do that. I really don't recommend doing that. But the reason I say that's such a game changer for me is because for somebody who was on antidepressants and anti-anxieties and mood stabilizers and a whole cocktail of prescriptions for reasons I didn't really understand. And, you know, it continued to pathologize me into thinking those stories of being crazy when I got off all of those and I gave my body an opportunity to heal itself, I had evidence and I had proof to know 
exactly that which I was telling people, exactly that which I was studying, which is that our bodies are designed to heal. And I needed that to be something more concrete than just a nice thought to think. It's nice to hear you're designed to heal, but that's not a theory. And until we have our own testimonials, our own firsthand experiences, it remained a theory for me. So I had to prove to myself, okay, if I've been struggling for 20 years on this planet at the time, and I had all the cards stacked against me in my mind, and I was in the deepest, darkest hole that I could be in, and I took the opposite action, and I'm thinking, well, let's see what's on the other side. I just let things take their course. I let my body come back to base. And it took a solid probably two years, to be honest, to come to in a different more equilibrium-based way, but my life has never been the same. And I will always attribute the beginning of my sustainable healing process to that moment. And that's something that really connects us because I was struggling with, with anxieties exactly 20 years as well. And we both share it in our book, the story of how we went through or from awful days and years to living, I would say for my little girl and me, living normally, living like a healthy person, just day-to-day, -day, normal, <laughs> usual life. That was something that I really craved for. And for me, for example, I didn't even have any prescriptions. Because for my body, it felt like giving up. So even the imagine, even the thought of taking a pill for me even made the anxieties worse. So it's really interesting to just even see this light difference. And it was for me, like you said, it's not one thing that healed me. It was a process. It was things that I tested, things that once worked then stopped working other things worked and i just found i think a list of things that helps me and i just choose now what i need in some moments because of course it's still my nervous system right it's still there uh, and this is what we want to share so what do you feel um, helps you the most or what do you like the most so yeah, I appreciate you and your honesty about the fact that you still experience anxiety. And we could talk about the nuances because so much of what I talk about in the chapter two is how we all as humans have universal experiences. We all experience certain things like anxiety in moments or panic, overwhelm, stress, fear, but they show up in different ways. And so it's this duality where even though these things unite us, they can also be equally isolating in those critical acute moments because we perceive that nobody can understand what we're going through. And anxiety can tell us that that is true. And we start to believe it. And beliefs are really dangerous sometimes because chemically they'll disrupt our heart patterns and our thought patterns and our chemistry and our biochemistry and all these things. So what I've learned over time is that anxiety is a quick, instant connection to the past and to the future. 
right? The past being memories that I'll just keep replaying or rewriting stories in my head or stressing about outcomes that happen that I didn't want to happen or what I wish would have happened instead. Or there's the catastrophizing of, oh my gosh, what if? We've talked about like, what if this happens or um, things that again, I perceive to be out of my control and how do I get control and really just wanting to stay one step ahead. And so once I identify that I'm in the future or I'm in the past, everything in my power I do to get present. So whether that's just really deep conscious breathing, sitting on a cushion and being still, um, having my aromatherapy and my stones, I'm really sensory. So I really am aware of how we need to sensorily, sensationally ground in those moments where we're hijacked. So they're really simple things like sunshine, sitting outside, feeling the wind on my face, all of that, getting away from my phone and the noise of the world, focusing on quieting the nervous system is huge. So water helps me too. And I'm just throwing out a bunch of things because as we said, it's not ever just one thing. And so what I'm hearing from you too, Polly, is like, whatever the experience, whether it's anxiety or depression, or just like these wars inside of ourselves that we have, you know, it forces us to go deeper inside ourselves. It forces us to be like detectives or to figure out what can help serve us the best in those moments. And in a way, that's the weirdest, best gift, because it's like working this muscle of self and helping us show up for ourselves in the hardest times. And I think that's the thing that I took away from getting off the medication and continuing the healing journey and doing the subconscious healing work, which is also my number one go-to when I'm struggling because that's what I know I need. And in order to give ourselves what we think we need, and it's okay not to be perfect. Sometimes I'm shooting darts at dartboards and I'm like, let's see if this will help push the needle in some type of way. And sometimes I'm wrong, but it really is important to separate the anxiety isn't me. These voices in my head or the thoughts that I'm thinking aren't me. And sometimes when we're so blended and we're so confused and hijacked by it, it's hard to know what's you and what's not which is exactly what I help people do in session is to separate those parts and then reintegrate them in a way where we can create harmony and we can befriend them and appreciate them for why they exist and then do the healing from there. As you were speaking, there were two memories that came to my mind. Uh, the one, the moment before I experienced deeply my first mindfulness technique that I was led towards thanks to one um, therapist yeah she's a therapist and I was so freaking scared because my way of surviving all these years were to run away from my body to think of something else like really run <laughs> any way I could uh, read a book uh, watch a movie, uh, like go away from the reality. Because exactly like you said, our brain goes or in the past or in the future. And I didn't felt safe to be in the present. So I was trying to run away as fast as I can. So I was really scared in that moment when the therapist said, okay, quiet down and feel your body. That was for me a trigger, 
like, okay, I'm feeling my body and the anxiety is coming up. <laughs> we'll die. Uh, but then I just stopped listening to the anxiety and, and I just said to myself, okay, I believe this person. She knows what she's doing. Just try. You have nothing to lose. You won't feel worse. <laughs> That's the nice thing, right? Like in business, <laughs> if we don't know the way, just try what feels at least nice or if somebody tells us something we believe in. And it helped me so much. It was the first time I had something in my hands after I experienced it that really worked, the present. So it was so amazing. And the second thing that really just cured me for months and months were just reading the first, I think, three sentences from Eckhart Tolle's book, You Are Not Your Thoughts. And that was such a revelation for me because, yes, I always, it's like normal, right? My thoughts are my thoughts. <laughs> and that helped me so much that I am not my thoughts. I am not my fears. And that helped so, so much. So thank you for sharing it. And yeah. I just love these memories and I appreciate you naming them because I understand in hindsight and in retrospect, when we talk about our experiences, it can be summarized in such a clean, tidy way. And I just want to name that it's not that it's not linear and it makes sense why the anxiety's role is to like escape or to keep you safe, which often shows up as escaping the body. And me too, I lived disembodied my entire life through an eating disorder. And that's the way in which these parts stay loyal to us is through dysfunction because we haven't figured out the function yet, the functional part of existence in a healthy, sustaining way. Otherwise, if we could just be happy, we would just be happy. And if we could just, you know, think good thoughts, we think good thoughts, but those things don't stick without the right container, the right techniques, the right support system. And oftentimes it's really hard to find that all at once and in exactly the moments that we need them. And so I love how you said, no, I'm not going to drop into my body because the anxiety needs me to do the opposite for me to stay safe. Why would I just do that? And even though it sounds simple, that is the scariest thing. And so I love that you bring up this concept of needing to pair together the body's regulation, working to get present so that you can feel the feelings, and then also adjusting the thought patterns, right? At, sometimes that happens at the same time. Sometimes we have to do one at a time, and sometimes we do a dance and we go back and forth. And so I just want to assure people that might be struggling and feel kind of lost in the struggle because there's a lot of parts here. It's like, there's the mental part, there's the physical part, there's the emotional part, the energetic part, and it can be a lot to take on yourself. And so like, I've had a huge village of people behind me throughout my life, supporting me through the stuff and same for you, Polly. And there will come a time where you can support yourself. If you're not already, I really see it like working muscles. And at first it's really hard. It's like, oh, this is really weighted and the resistance is really heavy and I'm sweating, right? And then it gets easier and you're like, okay, I got this in the bag and now I can take on more and life brings more curveballs and you're like, bring it on. And your whole attitude starts to shift. So we've all had those moments that have changed the game for us. 
even temporarily. And then when you can bridge together the temporary changes, suddenly you have long-term change. So I just am here to like hold the torch and, and champion one another to know that it, it can be better and it can be okay. And thank you for sharing that and connecting it logically and from your expertise, because that's amazing. And I feel, and what I um, lived through was a pattern of pushing and fighting. And now I see how it really lives in most of us through business. Uh, because when I stopped fighting the anxieties, I just transformed it in a hustle business, right? Because I was used to overcome my fears, to overcome my tiredness, my, I don't know, just headache, just not ignoring it, but feeling it and saying, okay, I see you, but I don't care about you. I will ignore you. I will do and do and do and go and go and go. And this is something that we talked about because you will be able to see us in a month in Valencia together. And it's a stressful thing for us. It's not. We still live with anxieties. We live through them. And I feel that again, or instead of pushing, and I will would love to hear from you what do you feel or how do you work with it i learned to balance it that i don't have to always push myself i don't have to always overcome all the fears in all the moments of all the days and i can choose which days i just don't and it's not that i give up i just don't i just stay at home for example and other days, like you said, right, other days we are ready for the world, ready to conquer it. And then I'm ready to say, okay, I can accept the challenge and I will be completely okay. But the fighting during the years made it worse for me. How was it for you or what, what helps you? Yeah, this is so beautiful. I'm just smiling and resonating so much with the transference the chameleonic nature in which whether it's addiction or anxiety or whatever that edge is that we struggle with just changes, right? And by the principle of energy, that's what energy does is it isn't created or destroyed. It's just transferred into a different form. And so I have had the same experience where I went from, okay, anxiety that tells me that I'm the worst has now changed into this hyper productivity and it's been externalized in business of like got to do more got to be productive and i don't approve of that message i don't approve of that conditioning and so there's that other war with myself of like okay it's shifted from being in inside and beating up on me all the time to now feeling not good enough with how i show up in the world like that's not cool either it's doing the same thing and so there's all these different edges and I'm going to be really honest and say that anxiety almost won this time when it came to the decision around going to Spain. And at the same time, I'm a very intuitive person. And so 
when I'm in the mind and when the body gets dysregulated, because anxiety can do both of those things. Some people think it's more mental. Some people think it's more physical. Some people are like, it's the chicken or the egg, right? They're in tandem with each other. And I gave myself time. I remember just asking the group, I was like, I just need time. And time wasn't really on our side, but there was one day where I intentionally set aside time. I locked myself in my office. I have a bathroom in here. So I was like, take as long as you need, you know, put on your salt lamp, turn off the lights. This is where you feel the quietude and you can listen to yourself more clearly. And I get really influenced by other people's perspectives because I'm a projector in human design. And so I was really clouded with shoulds and, oh, I should do this. And this is the right thing to do. And this is the logical thing. And I was just swirling. So when I turned everything off and I closed doors and I closed my phone, I closed the lights, I sat with myself. I had a conversation with anxiety and I said, listen, I see you. I get it. You're really loud. Okay. And at the same time, you're getting to a point where you're inhibiting my life, where you're making me stay small for the wrong reasons out of fear. I don't know how this is going to happen, but my heart says this needs to happen for me to go. And so it was as rational as that, but it was coming from me being willing to feel those feelings and let them pass because they always do. And I find that when we're not willing to feel the feelings, that's when the anxiety gets worse because that's its breeding ground. That's when it's like, okay, I'm going to speed up. And in order for us to slow down, we have to dialogue with it and we have to feel every single step of the way. And so that's what really helped me. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't lose sleep over the anxiety since making that decision. And that doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. I actually think it means it's the right decision. And sometimes the anxiety can get louder and worse because it's just wanting to protect more as we're getting closer to this day and decision. And I'm so excited to, to go. And my heart is expanding when I think about it. And so I just have to work to, again, separate and organize all of the parts within me that might be fighting or arguing about that and work to get them all on the same page. I experienced something similar um, and that's something I really often answer my clients because it's it's our business, right? Like you said, anxiety started to keep you small. And uh, my clients always ask me, how do I decipher if it's fear telling me something or if it's my heart, my intuition? And you have your system, I lead them in a similar way, like to their body, to quiet down the outside things and information and all of this. And I took a weekend. I, exactly as you said, I needed time. I felt like I'm supposed to be there. But for me, it's every moment it will be there. It's like, all of my biggest fears in one week. Hello. Hello. Hi, Polly. How are you? <laughs> are you ready? And I said, okay, I'm not ready like that. <laughs> but I know, I know that I'm supposed to be there. And I just examined where are the fears? How can I work with them? And how can I at least 
lesser than, ease than, make some compromises and how, what would make me feel more safe so it won't just go overboard as soon as, as I don't know, enter the plane. <laughs> so I'm also glad that I took the time and as your heart, my heart says, you are supposed to be there. It's not ego or something like that or the fear of missing out. It wasn't there. And I realized it's a good decision after I found the compromise that my husband is going with me. He's my home. He makes me feel safe, even if he won't be with us like all the days, he will just be in the city. And that's enough for me to feel safe. And when we just allowed ourselves to think of what would help you, I started crying. It was such a burst of happy tears, like, oh my God, I could really finally do something so amazing for me and for my business and have such an amazing event with all the women that I love. The fears won't stop me. I can already work with them. It's, oh, you speak or I will cry. You're so sweet. I just, I love your heart so much. And these soft, vulnerable places are unmatched, you know, and it has been such an emotional moment for all of us. And, and I had the same exact moment where I was like, there's no turning back from this because I deeply feel I'm very spiritual. I feel that we get rewarded for saying yes to us. And oppositely, I feel like there are repercussions for not saying yes to us. I have learned the hard way what happens when not just we don't love ourselves, but when we hate ourselves. And I let anxiety and depression and inadequacy and a lot of other things convince me of that for a really long time that I was here to hate myself. So I'm ready to swing the opposite way and to see the benefits of working these hard muscles and saying yes to ourselves. And it's so sweet and interesting that you called in your reinforcements, your husband, and you know what keeps you safe. And we all need that awareness of what helps us and what keeps us safe because it makes things easier. I went through a similar kind of parallel experience where I thought about bringing my partner as well. But my intuition actually said, you got to do this alone. You got to figure this out. This is you with you at the end of the day. And I'd love to have her there because she too is my home and um, my comfort and support, but it was a different energy for me. And I feel like this is one of the biggest adventures that I will be taking in my life ever for so many reasons. And it's just time. And so whenever I have this impending event that's coming up, Again, it's a breeding ground for anxiety. It's like, okay, between now and one month from now, anxiety is like, wow, let me show you all the ways that things can go wrong, right? Super, super noisy. And at the same time, this is where we step into our power and we're like, this is not going to happen right now. And I find that I give myself one month 
or however much time I have until the event to get aligned. I'm already aligned, to be honest, but things get unsteady in moments and especially in the moments leading up to the plane and stuff like that. And so I owe it to myself in the same way that I took myself off medication and I saw the miracle of my body's healing potential. I owe it to myself to not let the thoughts and feelings win and to prove to myself that I'm going to be okay. And it really helps to have the logical, rational, wise mind step into, which is a weak spot for me because I'm so emotional. Like I'm a cancer. I'm a four Enneagram. I can tell you all the ways why I'm emotional. Um, but the rational mind really helps. And the rational mind this time around said to me, everyone else travels. Everyone else lives their life. It's your turn. You get to do this too. And those voices keep me going. And I think that we have to get quiet enough and slow down enough to be able to receive them. And that's really the name of the game. Thank you so much, Paige. And I think you heard enough from us in the way to feel how we live, how we think. And I'm so excited for all of you to support us, be with us when we launch our book on the 2nd of November. You can already see it everywhere on our profiles and social media. So come and join Paige, share or sh connect with her, connect with me if you're on Paige's community and just let's enjoy this moment because it's really big for us. Uh, it's not only the Spain part, it's the launch part. It was the writing part. It's a big adventure. And we really decided that even the biggest fears won't stop us. And my chapter is called You Can Have It All because I really have it all, my all, all that I want in my life. And I can have even much more because I just live with my open heart and enjoy it. Enjoy this adventure. And Paige, thank you so much. Is there something else you would like to, I don't know, end our interview with? Gosh, I so appreciate being here. Thank you for having me. I am very touched by this topic, to be honest with you. It's been the blind spot of my healing journey. I always say anxiety has been my blind spot in that it became so ingrained and so normalized as far as my existence and my being went, my beingness, that I couldn't even identify it for the longest time. I was told I had it. <laughs> I was prescribed for it. And I still couldn't really own it. And so being in environments like this with you are so healing. Being honest is so healing because it diffuses that emotional charge around it. And it helps us come together and know that we are here to heal, not just alone, but in community. And there is a higher purpose in all of this, which is to help each other thrive because that's why we're here. That's how we're designed. And I could say that all day long, but I find that it's really up to us to support each other know, knowing that for ourselves, having the experiences that you and I have had in your own unique way so that you too know this. You don't just believe it, but you know it. So we're so grateful and I just appreciate everyone being here and continuing to follow us on our journey and support us because 
you're part of this mission is, you know, holding the torch for us too, while we go out and do our thing. And so the co-creative element is not lost on me. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all and see each other in the next episode. And for me, what I would like to say and um, end our this interview with is really everything happens for us. Even these worst moments in our lives as we are shared with you, with Paige, were there for a reason. They made us who we are today. They help us, help you, support you, support each other. And this helped me to survive. And I hope it will help you too, even in the hard times and hopefully even in the nice parts <laughs> of your life. And yeah, see you soon. I'm glad you're here with us and connect with Paige. She's amazing. And if you struggle with anything i feel that she would be an amazing support for you